for me, everything is down in the mind. If you can have that confidence within your mind, it's going to shine through your face, your body language, your whole being. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. For our first ever episode, we're joined by the lovely Koshal. Koshal is a beauty blogger with a huge loyal fan base. She reaches over 850,000 Instagram followers, 2 million YouTube subscribers, and shares her tips and tricks with people all over the world. One of the reasons we thought Koshal would be the perfect person to speak to is that she's really dedicated to celebrating real standards of beauty. She doesn't airbrush her photos, she regularly champions the no-filter movement, and she's really trying to encourage people to feel great in their own skin. Here she is, it's Koshal. Today we're in a gorgeous comfy hotel room with big plush couches, a lovely big cozy bed with none other than Koshal. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> um, Koshal has had quite the journey over the last few days back from Paris. Yes, and, I'm here. Um, She's here, she's full of beans, we've had a lovely lunch yep. and um, I'm just so excited to talk to you about loads of different parts of your story because um, I know that one of the things that it cosmetics love so much and talk about so much is a sense of confidence. And I think that you're really great at being a cheerleader for encouraging other people to be their most confident yeah. selves. I'm so excited. Yeah. So <gasps> I kind of wanted to go back to the very beginning of your story. Um, I read in Get the Gloss, actually, that your earliest beauty memory was with your grandma. Yeah. And that she'd make her own coal and she'd put it on her and on you. And I know that culturally this is like an Indian tradition to ward off evil eyes. Yeah. Um, can you just tell us a bit about this ritual and this memory? So funniest story ever is when I was younger when I was like two or three um I used to have three people pin me down just to get the the gajal on my my eyes yeah was it ticklish to put it in I just it was a feeling of like why are people putting things in my eyes (laughs) yeah so I actually used to have like my brother hold my head my auntie like or someone else holding my arms and my auntie like on top of me just like trying to get the eyeliner into my eyes um, and my grandma used to make that fresh at home every day, pretty much whenever we needed wow. it. So um, that was like my earliest memory. And funnily enough, I didn't really like it. I was like, I was literally the one who would like be running away from everyone. Did you see that episode of Friends when Rachel needed yeah. the eye drops? That's it what that. it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, it was literally that. And I used to scream and shout. There's actually a video, which we no longer have anymore. It was like a family video where I saw myself as a kid being pinned down getting eyeliner on and I could like we always used to laugh that bit because it was literally so funny seeing that but then seeing me like in my teens because I watched I like I think the last time I watched that was some at some point in my teens and um it was so funny seeing that when I was obviously so obsessed with makeup (laughs) it was like the weirdest thing ever of course it's so funny to think that from that being an initial experience with makeup um that you went on to have an entire career in beauty. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear actually a bit about your career journey because I know that um, initially you started doing a beauty internship. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, your blog and YouTube channel and, you know, social media channels and all the rest of it are just kind of 
world renowned now. Oh, thank um, you. How did this transition happen from kind of hobby to something yeah. more? <laughs> so uh, growing up, my mom actually used to work for a makeup brand. So I was surrounded by makeup okay. growing up. So I think around about the age when I was like five or six, when I realized that my mom had this like dressing table and every single drawer was full of makeup. Oh my gosh. She used to do evening shifts. So she would never be at home when I was back from school. So you had time to play. So that was my like thing. to. It was like almost like a ritual. Like now my ritual is taking my makeup off and giving myself a bit of a pamper. Same. At the end. That is my favorite ritual too. <laughs> Literally. But growing up, it was, you know, going into my mum's like little makeup dressing area. And I was very, very good actually. I've got to say, I used to try and make sure that it didn't look like my fingers were all in. in oh, I mean, I can tell you everything can be perfect on my dressing table, but I just know when my sister's been in my dressing yeah. table. You the tiniest just, little thing has yeah. been moved and it's like, mm, there's no been in fooling there. me. And that was my mum. Like she would know if I'd been in there. And the funniest thing is, is I had this conversation with her, like in my late twenties, like, you know, I used to do this. And she was like, you did what? Like she had no idea that I used to go into her room and play with like, literally I used to put whatever. I didn't even know if I was doing it right. I used to put probably blusher on my eyelids and like all that jazz. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but that was my first time of me being immersed into makeup because mm -hmm. my mom, I had that at my mom's disposal, like in her, <laughs> in her like dressing table that that's where I really got to know that, oh, this is makeup and you can put it on and like, you know, you can like, make your lips pink or red or anything like that so that was like my first initial like first kind of contact my mum never taught me how to do anything because I had to kind of do it on, on the, the secret yeah, yeah yeah so I just used to go oh I'll put a bit of this on my eyes and put this in my hair and this in my on my cheeks so it's just experimenting from there and then my cousin was actually um a makeup rep at one point and that's when she kind of taught me the basics because it was like this is like a tinted moisturizer or this is a mascara. This is how you use it. So she kind of gave me like the... The framework. The framework, yeah. And ever since then, it was like, I just used to experiment. Literally experiment. It was It was never, I never went anywhere to get trained in makeup. And it was, yeah. it's really weird because I. It's, it was almost like it was meant to be for me. And I really love those stories because actually I can think of so many amazing makeup authorities that I know and love that haven't necessarily had a training. Yeah. And I think it's, as an industry, it's so important that there isn't really a clear path. Yeah. But um, another thing I think is lovely is there's so many different elements to the beauty yeah. industry. And I know that one of your first beauty jobs was actually in PR. Yeah. So backtrack a few years, well, quite a few years ago. Um, obviously, I had this massive, like, I basically wanted to be working with makeup like that yeah. was my end goal um so I actually did like a two-week internship first um and luckily I lived quite close to a, a makeup brand so it was really easy for me to kind of get to and Brilliant. funnily enough they, they managed to pick up my email because they get emails left right and center so I was really lucky to do that it was actually one of those points where I'd finished university and I kind of didn't know what to do I actually wanted to do makeup before I went into university my mum was like nope get get a degree first what get did you study by the way I did advertising and public relations as my uni degree Lovely. yeah so it kind so of went it really nice really well yeah yeah so like the PR side and I thought well I love makeup so why don't I do that I did um, a couple of internships and I was like dipping in and out of jobs. And then I kind of fell into a fashion PR job. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I got to the point where I had a blog and, um, this was back in the day when blogs were like really kind of new. Yeah. Um, yeah. but kind of speaking to other people within the industry, it was a bit like a lot of 
brands and companies weren't sure of their staff having blogs yes and talking about other and brands what the implication what, was yeah. gonna be yeah so I just thought I still love my blog and I still love makeup so why don't I transfer from like beauty PR into fashion PR because somewhat similar uh still PR still very like creative and all of that but my job was very very stressful it was very very demanding. I was basically looking after like two or three agencies, doing all the trade press myself. It was a very, very stressful job. And I had three press launches every year that I had to organize. And it would be like, I'd have like three months of press launch prep and then maybe like four weeks break before the next one starts. And then another four weeks break and then the next one starts. So it was pretty much full on. Um, And it was that point where my now husband, he kind of went, why don't you start like a YouTube channel or something, something that you can have as a hobby. Cause I literally yeah. used to go home crying like, Oh, I don't know what to do with myself. And like, I just wasn't happy. I just thought in my head, I was like, is this what my life is? Like yeah, living for the weekends. Like that's literally what I felt like. Cause I was stro- so stressed out at work. Um, and yeah, my husband was like, well, why don't you start up a YouTube channel or, how, or do something, start blogging again, just so it gives you a bit of a hobby and it gives you something to do. And so that your mind isn't constantly stressing about work. I kind of said to myself, me and my mom were in the middle of a move at this point. So I kind of said to myself, you know, once we've moved into the new house, mm-hmm then I can start. Like, who cares if it's on my webcam or who cares like if it's in my bedroom? I don't know. I'll just start it. So um, I started doing YouTube videos and it got to the point where I was like, this is so much fun. Like I would like film like five videos in a week and like put them up and like, (laughs) yeah, I just started doing that. And it just kind of went from, I think nowadays a lot of people want to become an Instagrammer. Whereas I was just doing it because I was like, this is great. I have a hobby. I'm not stressed out about work. Like it was almost a form of therapy, like in a weird way. Like I was, I found it so therapeutic. I found it so relaxing. I found like I had purpose in my life. And a lovely sense of achievement when you finished and delivered all of these nice things. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I just edited my my third video. (laughs) Like In my head, I was thinking I could add that onto my CV that I can edit a video on, on, on Final Cut Pro or whatever. Yeah. So I wasn't really thinking about like this could be a job. And to be quite honest, when I started doing it, it wasn't really, not very many people did it as a job. So I I never saw myself in that arena. Um, And the first year of me doing YouTube, I said to myself, if I hit 10,000 subscribers, that's it. Ticked it off my to-do list, been there, done that, I'm happy. But at the end of my first year of doing YouTube, I think I had around about 350,000 subscribers, which was just like, even I was a bit like, what is going on? Like, I thought I had a virus on my YouTube account when one of my videos went viral. I was like, why is my number going? Oh, someone's done something. To, someone's hacked into my account and, and done something. Video? It was a Kylie Jenner makeup tutorial. I really liked the way and still do love the way that she does her makeup or gets her makeup done. I was trying to look at, oh, I want to do my makeup like hers. I want to kind of see, you know, what I would look like with that kind of style of makeup. And I looked on YouTube and there were, weren't that many videos. And if they were, I was like, oh, but this just still doesn't look like... Still not quite yeah, what like, she's still, doing. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't think she uses that kind of lipstick. That's too pink or that's too this. So then I went, oh, let me just give it a go and I'll just make up whatever I think she wears. And I did my hair all like short, like hairs, like tied it back and pulled my layers out. And yeah, that kind of, that video kind of went pretty viral. And I genuinely thought that there was some sort of virus on my channel. Like, why is it going up in thousands? Like every day, why am I getting, like, I think at one point I had like 5,000 subscribers join me in one day. And I was like, 
like I genuinely thought yeah I thought something was wrong and I mean that was far from what was going on the next thing you were in a position to focus on this as your main project um you amassed a really loyal following from kind of all over the world. Yeah. Um, one of the things I find really interesting about you, Coach, is even though on one hand you have such a resonance with like the Indian yeah. community, there's also just a very universal appeal yeah. for you. And I know that your followers kind of started coming from all over the world. Yeah. As such, you caught the eye of L'Oreal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that you joined them as kind of something of a brand ambassador. Yeah. Um, I know you work really closely with lots of the L'Oreal brands, yeah. but in particular L'Oreal Paris. And one of the things I saw you work on with them was a special partnership a few years ago with the Prince's Trust called We Are All Worth It. Yeah. Um, the aim with this, from what I could gather, was to help hosting confidence building workshops in young people um can you just tell us a bit about that project yeah of course so I was asked if I wanted to be involved in this charity campaign and I was like hell yes sign me up because if there's any way that I can give back especially me giving back my time so I actually did um one of the confidence building workshops so I, I actually went physically I think it was up north but it was one of the best days of my life and what happened during this workshop so in these workshops a variety of different activities are done to help build the confidence of young people mm-hmm. which I think is fabulous because for me everything is down in the mind if you can have that confidence within your mind it's going to shine through your face your body language your whole being yeah so for me that that was like really important to me and for me to be able to shout about something that a charity does that can help so many people within the UK. I was so up for that. Um, so yeah, I went and did uh, an actual workshop myself and I gave my time to actually be involved one-to-one with a lot of the people that were there. So it, it was amazing. And and the way that this ch- charity helps young people is incredible. I've even been to many of the Princess Trust Awards that they mm-hmm. do every year. And to hear some of these people's stories about where they were and where they are now, there's not a dry eye in the audience. Like it's, it's one of those touching moments. And the fact that I was able to help people, young people in within the UK be able to get this guidance and to get this support was nothing could ever beat that. Like to be able to help a person that deep is amazing. I think that the power of confidence and building someone's confidence is so hugely important. Yeah. What does the word confidence mean to you? I think confidence is in your mind and your heart. Mm -hmm. If you've got confidence within those two areas, it doesn't matter what comes your way because you know what you are and you know how you are as a human being. And I feel like that speaks far more than saying, oh yeah, I'm a confident person. Because a confident person doesn't have to be, you know, extrovert and loud and big and out there. That's I completely not agree with yeah. that. To me, confidence is more so what's in your heart and what's in your mind. It's a really, it's quite deep, but I, I think that is where confidence stems from. Everything else is all external. It's a lovely way of looking at it, actually. There's a quote, something along the lines of, the loudest person in the room is often the most insecure. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, 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 of course. And I think that's really true of the way you would see confidence. It's not always something that 
displays itself yeah, as being bolshy, being out yeah. there, being loud. Because it actually takes a lot of confidence to sit back in a room and think, I don't need to talk because I'm yeah. sat here listening, wondering absolutely. if I like what you have to say. Mm. And you sometimes know. actually taking things, my husband does this a lot. He very much so like, he's a bigger listener than he is a talker. Okay. But he's very confident. Yes. But a lot of people, I mean, when, when you're at school and stuff, you would kind of think, oh, that confidence is, you know, like being out there. Whereas it's very, yeah, I think very, it's very different to that. It's not just being all out there. It's funny how, um, as time goes on, I completely agree that I would have thought that at school yeah. as well. Um, it's funny how your opinion changes yeah. of, you know, what you see as confident or not confident or good or bad. And I think as someone that's always putting yourself out there, one of the things that I find really admirable about your makeup work in particular is you have always been a real champion of the hashtag no filter movement. Yeah. What does this no filter movement mean to you? Because you're such an advocate of it. I think for me, I got to a point where I would be scrolling on Instagram and I would be like, I don't look like that or my, my face doesn't look like that or my skin doesn't look like that when I have full glam on or my hair doesn't look like that. And then I had to take a step back and I still have to do this to this day. It's not just something that I switched off in one go, but I had to take a step back and kind of go, hang on a second. If I'm thinking this, what about my followers? What are they thinking when they 100%. see pictures of me? So I make it a real conscious effort of just, I mean, I'll play around with the lighting maybe a little bit. I might like up the saturation or like down the yeah. white balance. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing when I'm editing pictures either. I just kind of <laughs> change little bits around here and there, but I never like to touch my skin. I, I don't like to edit my face or anything like that. Even my body, like I just don't like to edit physical things on a picture because of the way that it made me feel scrolling yeah. on Instagram. So I think if, if I can share my picture online, completely unfiltered in that sense, obviously with the lighting and whatever, yeah. that's all a different story, but not altering my face or my body or anything like that. It would make me feel really good. Not only about myself, but hopefully it can make other people who follow me feel good about themselves. Well, that was actually going to be my next question. I'm really fascinated to understand the messages you must get from people because of that approach. Do you find that your followers comment on that and they reach out to you to say that that's had an impact, that you behave in that way and that you don't airbrush things yeah do you know what I, whenever I do make a stand or a point about things like that the messages that come in on like dm or emails or you know just any way that people want to or can get in contact with me it's really touching because it's yeah. kind of like I get messages from people going I was really really like unhappy with the way that my makeup turned out when I did it over the weekend or whatever like it just doesn't look like what it looks like on other people's that I see on Instagram or like wherever these pictures they may be they they find as like inspiration but they'll say you know but I saw your picture and I could see your skin texture and I could see that yeah. you hadn't edited your skin or you hadn't edited anything it made me feel like oh no my makeup was actually quite quite good over the weekend like yeah and, and getting even just one message like that I'm not asking and I don't would never ever want like hundreds and thousands of messages coming my way going this is amazing what you're doing like just the one person that can that can, that can yeah and if it can make them feel so much more confident about themselves when they put makeup on. Like that is a feeling that you just can't describe. It's so lovely to hear that it has such a positive impact on you when someone else has a positive yeah. experience. But, you know, 
working in such a competitive environment obviously has pitfalls too um how do you manage to maintain like your own mental health and well-being when you're in such a, a competitive field I always say this to everyone like I try to keep myself as positive as possible yeah I try and look at the bright side of things as much as possible but I am human. I have down days, just like everyone else. Yeah. I have medium days, just yeah. like everyone else. And I have up days, like everyone else. Yeah. Um, but there are many ways to kind of keep you, I don't want to say grounded, but keep you centered. Yeah. Keep you as sane as possible as you can be with social media. But I just try and keep my mind and my environment around me and the people that I keep close to my heart as positive and as uplifting as possible yeah that plays a massive role in every aspect of your life whether that's work or your confidence or the way you treat others yeah or the way you see life or the way you handle certain situations is very much so those things your mind you know the people you love the people you keep near you the environment you're in plays a massive role and I think those are the things that make any person an individual yeah um and one of the things I know that you're also such a champion of is that we should all celebrate ourselves as individuals yeah. and what makes us us. us. Yeah. I always say, I, I, I often get people message me or if I see them like in real life, like in a restaurant or a cinema or wherever, they're like, oh, I really want to like do YouTube or Instagram. Like, how do I do it? Like, is there any tips you can give me? And I always, always, always say to them, don't be another social beauty don't be another person who's already out there mm -hmm. there's only one you in the entire world and that's what makes you different so be yourself and that's when you'll a, enjoy what you're doing because you're not having to put on like a persona yeah because you're just being you and that's what's going to make you stand out out of any crowd because there is only one you and even if you're a twin twins are still very different <laughs> to each other so yeah it's there is just only one you another thing i suppose that I love about your journey and what you share is you've you've really shared some very open things over the years and you're very happy to share your feelings on the more negative experiences as well as the positive yeah. um and I know that you've shared the story of your father yeah so when you were younger you I saw that you spent lots of time together yeah. and you really described yourself in an interview I saw once as a real daddy's girl. Yeah. Um, but he sadly passed away. Yeah. And I read in an interview that you'd said that when you lost him, you felt like you lost a little part of yourself. Yeah. Um, would you mind to just share a bit of your memory of that time? Yeah, yeah, of course. So as I mentioned earlier, my mum used to work evening shifts. Yes, yeah. So naturally, I would always be with my dad he would be the okay. one that drops me off to school picks me up and I'm always 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 with him I say this a, a quite a lot like I feel like I got to know who my mom was after my dad passed away which that was in my late teens early 20s right, so that's when okay. I really got to know who my mum is what yeah. she likes all that kind of stuff yeah um but yeah like you said like I was a proper daddy's girl I just didn't know my mom didn't really spend much time with her growing up um but he basically had a stroke so he um had this stroke he was very young when he had it. it was only 45 which was not very heard of to have no. a stroke that big at that age um and we were living in America at this point um and a couple of years after we all moved back home to England 
and he lived for five and a half years after having his stroke. Um, but throughout that time, actually throughout the first six months of him having the stroke, um, his health was up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, fortunately he was able to move his left arm and move his head to basically imply yes or no. That was the only okay. thing. So he did, he couldn't talk. Um, I almost felt like I lost my dad when he had the stroke because after that he was a different person. His personality was a bit different. You couldn't have, I mean, to have a one-sided conversation with someone is very difficult. And, um, when he passed away, because I was so close to him, we, we were almost like a inseparable and very, very similar. It was one of those things where to put into words, it was like losing a part of me Yeah, when he passed away. Um, but it, it was hard and, and it was very weird because I used to mask it. I used to be very, everything's fine. No, I'm fine. Like someone would be like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's all right. Like I'm fine. And I used to just very much so like suppress all of that. Um, and through the years I've had to deal with certain things and like things would come back up and I'd be like, oh my God, I really miss them. I wish I'd said this or, oh, and, and, and as, as humans, we don't want people to pass away. We don't no, people we want people don't. to, we want to be selfish. We want to keep them here for as long as we possibly can. Um, but even I think mourning is a, is a process where people think, oh, you know, give it about maybe, I don't know, six months to a year, things will get better. But I think it's an ongoing thing. I don't think it's a give it a year or so and you'll, you'll be better at it. But I think even now, like 11 years down the line, like I still struggle with it. It's not something that you, you know, it's been X amount of years. It's fine now. Everything is, everything's handy dandy, but no, it still comes up. It's still, still an ongoing thing. I think people who may have lost a parent or someone who's close to them can totally relate to that because yeah. those memories and those, that energy that you had with that person is never going to go away as much as you may want it to be like, no, it's time to put this to rest. Like I need to, you know, it is always going to be with you. Always, always. There's an analogy that I saw on Twitter and I saved it to my desktop because I've had a number of um, significant people pass that I've been close to. And it's about grief and it says that when you're first grieving, it's like you've got a box with a button and whenever you press the button, it's going to cause a buzz and there's a big ball in this box. So you're going to be pressing the button all the time because it's just, that's how it's going to be. But as time goes on, the ball gets smaller, so it's less likely to hit the buzzer, but it still will. Yeah. I think with grief, that's exactly it. It never goes away. Yeah, it's always going to, no matter how small it gets, it's always going to be there. there. But what was lovely, I think, about, you know, learning about your story and journey is that a couple of years after that, you had this lovely positive force come into your life, who's now your husband. I know. (laughs) Um, It's the loveliest time to bring up Vex. Yeah. How did you two meet? So, like, it's really funny, like, right now we're literally in a room having a chat and I don't think I've ever spoken about the story of exactly how we met. I always knew all of his friends. Right. He always knew all of my friends. But our paths never never crossed. crossed. Never ever so I had like an ex-boyfriend and whatever whatever like so he always felt like oh she's got a boyfriend like not can't go there kind of thing and then at this point obviously I was no longer with my ex-boyfriend and my dad had passed away and like all this stuff was happening and we were both on a night out and I see him and I go up to him and I'm like you're that guy and he goes you're that girl and we were just chatting and the next day I don't know what happened I was like, I'm gonna add him on Facebook 
But this is back in the day when we had MSN. So this is back in the day when you could be appear as offline. You'd go offline, wait for him to log yeah, in, then yeah. you'd log back in. So he started yeah. the convo with you. I'm all over it, Kosh. <laughs> you We've know all pulled I'm a few <laughs> of those moves in our time. So we used to chat on MSN till like, we always joke about this, till we could hear the birds tweeting in the morning. And it would be like, all right, we best go now. We've got like, you know, got uni and got like stuff to do the next morning. So we used to just chat every single day. Um, and it was one of those feelings of why does it feel like we've known each other for ages, but it's only been a few months that we had been chatting. Like, And it, I'm, I'm talking like chatting every single day, not like almost nonstop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just that feeling of this just feels so right. Like it just feels so natural, so right. Yeah, we just, we were chatting away and like he was at uni in, in Nottingham at this point and I went to up to go see him and whatnot. And yeah, we just kind of went, should we make this like a thing? Like, should we be boyfriend and girlfriend? And it just kind of happened. People online must think that we have this perfect relationship. We never argue. It's all like happy flowers, like amazingness all the time. And the last Valentine's Day that we had, like I put up a picture of me and him because we were in Dubai at that point. Underneath that picture, I made it a point to say like, we just argued about food. Like we, we, <laughs> argue, about, we argue about stuff all the time. It's natural. Like when you're yeah. spending that much time or living with someone, like you're bound to hit heads sometimes it, like, it's never smooth sailing and I would never ever ever want anyone to think that any relationship online is perfect let alone our relationship like we're just we're like we're a normal couple <laughs> we're always like what do you want to eat no what do you want to eat no come on just pick something what do you want to eat like it, we always have those arguments a lot of the times I've got to say it's about food I mean it's, it's a very <laughs> important thing to argue about though yeah. I would be very open to a debate about food also <laughs> backtrack a little bit we got together whilst we were quite young I was in my early 20s and so was he and now we're in our early 30s so we a lot of people again don't know that we've been together for 10 years you know we were together before like well before Instagram was even around yeah kind of thing you know we're talking MSN days that was a long time ago best days (laughs) so we as as not only individuals but as a team have grown so much so he was actually growing up very he had quite a temper on him Mm -hmm. so he had this whole journey of changing his life over by reading so many he's read hundreds and probably thousands of books um all on self-help so he was educating me when we got together like you know this is how and he but he was still working on himself at this time and I got introduced to this whole positive way of thinking the law of attraction how you can manifest things in your life how you can how literally everything is in your mind if you tell your mind you can do something, it will happen and you can do it. So he's kind of teaching me this whole different way of life. And there I am with having lost my dad and kind of thinking, why do why do bad things happen to good people yeah. and all of that, you know. As humans, we always, I always say that when something happens, I'm like, why do bad things I happen to good that, people? I always think that, why do bad things happen to good people, yeah. of course. But I, I always say, you know, like if sometimes I feel like my thoughts aren't aligned or if I'm feeling a certain way, I am going to attract that to my life. Um, so I try and give myself a reasoning as to why something good or bad may have happened. Um, but yeah, he like introduced me to this whole new way of life and I've stuck by it ever since. And again, I'm going to say this, I have my up days, I have my down days, but in the grand scheme of things, I like to think that I am as positive as I can be. And can you remember maybe an incident or a time in your life that your confidence was lacking? and what you did to pull yourself out of that time. Oh my God. Okay. So people think that I am confident all the time or I'm X, Y, Z all the time, 
but I kid you not it happens more than more than you probably think like I may see a comment or I may see someone um sometimes this happens on Instagram quite a lot where someone's supposed to send my story to someone else but it actually gets sent to me oh no <laughs> and do they write a comment yeah, like what they mean back and I'm like oh hi oh, yeah. I think you sent it to the wrong person I think a lot of the times with the internet with being behind a screen with being behind your phone and not physically saying something in real life to someone sat next to you it's It's very easy to say oh hi rose i'm a really big fan of yours but your hair really does not look great in this picture like it's so (laughs) easy to say that it really is but like if i was here right now i'd be like oh baby you've just got a little bit of hair right right, yeah just yeah yeah. it's different Uh uh-huh you're never gonna be like "Mm, you know by the way your hair looks amazing there's nothing wrong with your hair you know what you've said it now (laughs) there's no point backtracking (laughs) but it happens all the time i feel like um A lot of people think that with what I do as my job, you're supposed to just have this thick skin because it comes with the... And it doesn't, it really doesn't. No, it does not. Like, imagine going to work and having someone in accounts, who you're not in the accounts team, by the way, but someone in accounts coming up to you and telling you how to do your job. Like, that's not normal. Come on, guys, that is not normal. But it's kind of like that, but on the internet space. Um, But... In terms of getting comments and things where it kind of makes me feel less confident about myself, it happens all the time. But sometimes, sometimes I would do this thing where I hit reply and I type out a comment and then I delete it and then delete the comment. But you've, you've got it out of your system. Yeah, I've got it out of my system because if I keep it within me, I feel like it can affect my energy and it affect my peace. And I feel like a lot of people just don't get it. They're like, well, it's part of your job. And I'm like, well, it's I not don't have though. to take crap from people if I don't want to no, kind of thing. No, 100%. Yeah, so I've, I've actually, funnily enough, I've been telling a lot of other people who do similar job to me, I've blocked so many words on my Instagram. So I just don't see them. Because I feel like if I can keep my space peaceful for me to read. Yes then that's great for me. It's going to help my mental health. It's going yeah. to help me feel good about myself because it is, it's so silly to even think this because 99% of the comments that I get are so lovely. lovely. Yeah. But it's always, always, always going to be that one thing that you read where you go, oh my God, that's it. Like, that's what people think of me. And it's, <laughs> it's really hard to yeah. shake that off. It it's, is. It's like, for, for another example, it's like you have an amazing day, but one thing happens in that day which is not great, not great at all. You get a flat tire, whatever it is, it is going to ruin your day. You are going to feel like, oh man, like everything was going great. And then I got a flat tire. Now I'm late. And da, 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 da. like you do, you do as, as humans, you do feel a bit like, oh, great day ruined. So what do you do in that moment or for someone listening? Yeah. That wants to, that's inspired by what you've said. Yeah. That's thinking, I can get on board with this positive thinking. Yeah. I can get on board with this way of life. Um, what advice would you give to that person who wants to feel their most confident? Okay. So if something happens, which is not so great and is going to affect your confidence or it's going to affect your energy, I would say try not to react straight away. Very good piece Because I advice. feel like a lot of the times if you react straight away, like you're probably going to regret it because you're probably going to be saying something that you probably wouldn't necessarily say otherwise. Yeah. Tackle that situation the next morning once you've had a good night's sleep. If it's something that needs to be dealt with there and then, 
and it can't be done the next day for whatever reason, I would say take five deep breaths in and out because you will feel more relaxed after that. I feel like that sometimes I just get really like built up and I just want to say something or do something at that moment. And once I've taken those deep breaths, I feel a bit more like, actually, I can calm down. It's not that dramatic. Um, Another thing is try and speak to someone else about it. I feel like sometimes we play this story up in our head. Yes. And like when you actually speak to someone else, they're like, no, it's not a big deal. Like, or or maybe you can just do this instead or try that instead. Um, If we're talking about social media specifically, I would say say use the block button if you need to. Mm -hmm. I, I use it quite regularly. If I see a comment that doesn't make me feel good about myself, I will block that account. Because if I'm triggering that person to leave a nasty comment... Because obviously I'm you doing both something. Need to be out yeah, of we need to be. Space. Yeah, it's absolutely. a very fair point. Absolutely, and also block certain words that you just don't want to see. Yeah, because that's going to give you so much more peace of mind. It's going to make you feel so much better about your whether it's about yourself or what you do or what you're sharing. It's just going to make you have that peace within you and make you feel like do you know what? Yeah, I can conquer anything. <laughs> and as something to kind of close with. What does your most confident you look like when you are feeling your absolute best? What does that equate to for you? Okay, this is going to sound really probably not. I don't know whether the people would expect this from me. Go on. But it's having no makeup on, mm-hmm. cooking loads of food for my family mm-hmm. and being with my loved ones. That yeah. makes me feel the most confident because... I know the people who I love and the people who I am happy to cook for, <laughs> they don't judge me. They don't, I mean, we have debates every now and again. Of course, I mean, we all it's do. natural, yeah. But there's just this pure form of love where we, you know, we are all individuals. We all may all have different thinking, but there's just this love in the room. And I feel like that just gives me a boost of confidence of, you know, I feel great. Therefore, I'm, I want to make you feel great. And we all are confident together I think that that's for me when I'm with my family no makeup hair tied up probably in like joggers <laughs> <laughs> but on the, I mean I do love a good glam at the same time but that would be my the most confident moment of just being just unapologetically myself well do you know what coach in this little cozy room you've actually made me feel really good about myself Aww. too so I can see that you would absolutely have that impact on them oh thank you um coach thanks so much for sharing so much today it's no, been really lovely to me. no not at all it's been really lovely to just get a bit more insight into um your story and journey and um we will look forward to seeing what comes next for you and Bex. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. for listening and if you liked this episode please subscribe and leave a review you can find us on social media at it cosmetics on facebook it cosmetics uki on instagram and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk thank you for joining us we'll talk to you soon